This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We had some good studio guests in. Uh, Larry and George Lamb, father and son, mm. uh, actor, TV presenter, of course, popped in and saw us and uh, we covered a fair bit of ground, different subjects. Uh, Andy Zaltzman came in, he was on good form. He was, yeah, a cricket statistician and uh, also a comedian. He was uh, having a chat with us. We... Had a chat about various things, which yeah, uh, you'll also hear. And that's just about what it. About got... Martin Kellner? Are you going to put Martin in? Yeah, definitely, oh, yeah, yeah. We've got a couple of extra clips for you as well. Uh, so stick around after this. You've been on the sunny D. You seem quite excited. Well, I'm in a, you know, I'm in a good mood. It's oh, a okay. beautiful day outside. What about that? Okay. It's Friday. Yeah, all right. Although I am working Sunday, fine enough. Going I'm, clubbing uh, tonight, are you? No. Okay. <laughs> Going up tots. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's um, <laughs> six minutes uh, past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Yeah, good afternoon, everybody. And I was going to say about Unai Emery, less good evening, more good night. Yes, uh, it's uh, not a massive surprise this morning after that result yesterday. A bit of a, no, oh, a bit of a shocker, result. really. I mean, one of the Arsenal fans mm. tweeted saying we're currently being outsung by fans that actually aren't officially in the stadium. <laughs> um, so yeah, the right was on the wall, wasn't it, last yeah. night? But we're going to have a chat with that Scott. I think in a it's not easy because you look at the candidates that are around mm. and. None of them are perfect. None of them you think, oh, well, Potch would be, but I don't think he'll take the job. So, no. you, you well, know, a couple of th- I don't. A, I don't think he'd do the job at Arsenal. And B, mm. I just think he's probably in need of a break. You don't want to go back into that a Not week a later. Week later, no. I it does seem... So. I mean, I think he, where he lives would be actually probably nearer the Arsenal training ground. Than the no, no disrespect to the Gunners, but I think there are some better jobs out there for him. Personally, Bayern Munich potentially, Bayern Munich, yeah. Real Madrid. You know, yeah. that's what no one's really talked about um, Borussia Dortmund for him um, because losing five under a fair yeah. bit of pressure, and that would be, you know, be, could be a very good fit. The only it? problem for him there is is the language. It's the same problem that Unai Emery's had here. You know, if you don't speak yeah. the language, and I think you know, it took him long enough to master English, and I, I wouldn't imagine German would be an easy language. Northern for him European to, ones yeah, aren't, aren't that easy, are they? Yeah, going to the, watching the cricket last night, I was thinking to myself. 
What a disappointing crowd. I was considering New Zealand's thumped us in the first test. You think they sort of would embrace the victory and everything? Yeah. So I had an idea that perhaps they should have a game of rugby during the lunch interval. That's yeah, they that's might get the crowds in. <laughs> Just do a hacker. They they often like that. We'll yeah. talk cricket later, but yeah, Andy Zaltzman's going to pop in and see us. Uh, you, you, uh, he's grim. a cricket statistician and uh, a big uh, cricket mm. fan, and of course a comedian. He's got some gigs coming up. Be telling us about that. Larry Lamb and George Lamb will be here, father and son uh, football fan. Gavin and Stacey returns this Christmas. I'm sure Larry will get, uh, tell us a little bit about that as well. Uh, also, Motti will be here, uh, joining us in the studio as always on mm. Friday to look ahead to, to the weekend's big games. We'll have a Fools panel for you. Stuart Robson will join us for that for more Arsenal chat. And um, the games we're covering are Southampton versus Watford, uh, Norwich versus Arsenal, and Leicester v Everton. So if you'd like to try and guess the scores of any of those games... Then uh, call us now. We'll call you back around quarter to three. We just need you for about ten minutes at quarter to three. That's oh eight seven one seven double two double three double four. That's oh eight seven one seven double two double three double four to uh, take on uh, ourselves, Stuart Robson and Motti, and get some points for the Talksport listeners. Move them up the table in the falls panel. And uh, you were talking about our guests today, and uh, no disrespect to Martin Kellner and Motti, but uh, Chris Evans this morning had Sir Paul McCartney and Mick Hucknell. Oh, OK. In this face, that's slightly better. <laughs> no disrespect to our guests, <laughs> and you trash them. <laughs> well, I think they'd both admit, wouldn't yeah. they, that, you know, they're probably not as... Well, Motti's probably as famous as Paul McCartney. <laughs> oh, don't start backtracking <laughs> now. on a fame You've insulted everybody. No, I, Motti wasn't in Monday, and I drew him out a special silverometer, so I'm going to show him when he comes in. OK, that's nice. Um, <coughs> it's looking oh. bad, excuse me. Anything else? <coughs> Can I just clear my throat? OK, good. What, you now, just tonight's game uh, at uh, the cup game, big cup game between yeah. uh, Morden and Tiptree and uh, Newport. Yeah. And uh, it's being play- played at a ground, uh, Morton Tiptree's ground is the Wallace Binder ground. Yeah. It sounds less like a bloke, more like a bit of stationery. <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> Got a nice gonna, Wallace binder. I'm pop into uh, Ryman's and get myself a nice Wallace binder. Yeah. <laughs> Presumably it is a bloke. And, uh, yeah, hold on. Yeah. Where are I? I'd never heard of this before, but uh, somebody went up to Ed Woodward yesterday mm. and stuck their finger in his ear. Oh. I'm not going to say it's a bit rude what was it is. Was it VAR related? No. Okay. You, it, it was Roger Aslam, a Manchester United fan. He licked his ear and stuck it in Ed Woodward. He, he licked his no, ear? No, he licked his finger. Oh, God. <laughs> he didn't lick his own ear. That would be yeah. ridiculous. He licked his finger and he stuck it in Ed Woodward's ear. That's called something, isn't it? Yeah, it's got a horrible title. Okay. I'd never heard of it before, but uh, Mr Aslam, a plastering firm boss who lives near Reading, yeah. told The Sun last night... I'm off my head, leave me alone. So it's, not it's, not, it's not a great quote. As opposed it? to plastering firm, boss. Probably exactly. plastered That's firm, really terrible. That's being in the newspaper with a quote like that. So no one's ever done that to you, and the whole phenomenon of somebody sticking well, uh, their, uh, wetting you, their finger and sticking it in your ear is fairly unpleasant, fairly isn't it? Fairly unpleasant. It's wouldn't. assault, isn't it? Well, I'd say it is. Yeah. It? Yeah, I'd say it's a horrible thing to do. I don't even mm. know why I did it, really. No, okay. You know. Personally speaking. <laughs> and that's really a really quite alarming story. I don't know if you've ever heard. It's an ancient game. It's called Go. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's sort of, I think it's a, either a Chinese or a Korean game. Mm. No, an ancient Chinese board game. And so a British company, uh, DeepMind, an AI company, created AlphaGo, uh, a sort of AI ver- player in this game. Yeah. 
and it's now beaten the champion, the world champion, the finest player ever. He's basically given up. He says, no point. Lee, C- Lee C. Dole, his name, isn't it? Lee C. Dole is the <laughs> well, South Korean. I know you're right up on South Korean well, news I, because I, of Sony. Yeah. <laughs> you um, get the South Korean papers. <laughs> Lee C. Dole played this computer yeah. and lost a uh, best of five match. Don't you find this a kind of troubling, worrying... I mean, well done. Yeah. You've You've created something that's brilliant, but unfortunately you've killed the whole sport. So what was the point? <laughs> Honestly, you do sort of give up. It's a bit you, like really? Wayne Rooney being beaten at FIFA and deciding to retire, though, isn't it? I mean, he's, how often has he got to play this computer? If he goes back to playing uh, human beings, he'll beat them. The fact that he can't yeah, beat a machine in his heart, he'll know he's not the best. But it's at a it. machine. You don't compare yourself to a machine, do you? I mean, well, I do. Well, <laughs> it's an AI version of me that's going to do this show. Your AI version. I was thinking of doing the whole show upside down today, yeah. hanging like a bat, right. because. Uh, Balding men are hanging upside down like bats, said the son, in a crazy bid to grow their hair back. Going to give it a go? Apparently, uh, YouTuber Nicola Chatfield says it works. She, she's tried it. She did it on YouTube and said, look, my hair's grown half an inch. Who knows? Yeah. And uh, Sounds mad, doesn't it? And uh, American vlogger Chris Gault has been using it for 18 months and claims his hair is growing back. So I don't know. We're worth it. But uh, uh, a London-based hair restoration expert, Dr. Besson Fajo, said it doesn't work. Um, and he did not say good afternoon, Paul. He say, it, um, one of the listeners is a bit Didn't worried I? you're going to bock the show by saying, oh, good so, afternoon, say, Paul, good well, afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Okay, it's too late now, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it is, really yeah. God, I, I normally pick you up on that, but uh, <laughs> one of the listeners did. I was just like so it. keen to get into my work. Sort it out, he says. And uh, Ian tells us, uh, <laughs> sort it out. Uh, Andy will not be able to shake his booty at Tots ever again. It has officially closed its doors uh, for good this month. Uh, oh, apparently. really? They say it's closing. I, I, I think it's closed or it's actually closing. I've never been. There's some talk of it being. Uh, uh, yes, I, I, I wasn't serious, mm. uh, Ian. That Andy was off to South End for a night out. <laughs> he just seemed quite exuberant for a Friday. Really. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Mm. Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Mate, the welcome return to the studio is comedian, cricket statistician, and a touch tired today because he, he yeah. stayed up for much of the cricket. Andy Zaltzman uh, joins us. Good afternoon, Andy. Hello, hello. Yeah, you went through to tea, and then but then it was rained off yes. anyway. Wasn't yeah, it? I chose a good time to finally finally go to bed but it was not England's greatest two sessions no I mean not their worst of this series by any means so I guess that's something I, I, to clutch at but I thought it was quite worrying I, th- I thought the selection I was just saying to you there off air I, I just don't see the idea of five seam bowlers you know alright they might be worried about Stokes but if, if four can't get you out five won't get you out and the same three seamers on a seaming pit is enough it's enough you know and I just think the, the actual pitch when you looked at it did that look a, you know a, a sort of it's a. It's always Ball hard. First pitch. Uh, it's it's always hard to tell. I think with. I mean, it's, it is amazing. One of the fascinations of cricket is that you will have people who've been playing and watching cricket for forty, fifty years, and they will still get pitches completely wrong. So it's mm. even harder for us civilians. But I mean, the, recently England, when they've won the toss and put New Zealand into bat, I think six times in a row in testing New Zealand, New Zealand have reached a hundred with only. Uh, with two or fewer wickets down, so generally it hasn't worked for England. It's worked better for for other teams, but uh, yeah, it was curious. I guess you know Stokes's fitness was a bit of an issue. They clearly didn't trust him to be to bowl as as any, and he's two overs. He looked mm. he looked pretty injured. So I don't know if it was necessarily picking five seamers already, just four, but no spinner. Mm. You've got to have a spinner. You've got to have a spinner, and you've got a boy there. You've taken him all the way there. Give him a game. What does it matter? It's not even part of the championship. I just find the whole thing a bit grim and I find Root's captain so I'm not a fan of him as a captain I think it's affected his batting you can look at it in the averages tell you that 
And I think his handling of Archer, to me, everything about that that thing when the last when he was on the Segway. If you equate it to a football manager, what he should have done, Root, was say, oh, it's Joffrey, he's a free spirit. Yeah. It doesn't matter, he didn't get injured as a free spirit. Not haul him across the coals in front of him. That is the, you could see the boy's body language. He didn't really want to be there, he didn't really bowl that fast. You know, I, I, I think that the best to get the way out of him is to, you know, you've got to work with him as a guy, not just as a sort of commodity. Yes, and what is clearly, and, and, you know, high-paced bowlers are such rare and sort of delicate uh Sporting beings, and we saw with Mitchell Johnson for Australia that you know he had a very inconsistent career in that amazing Ashes series towards the end, and then the subsequent series in South Africa, using him in his three-four over you know, power Best. spells. Uh, that seems to me what England should be doing with Archer, particularly if they have depth in in bowling. On the plus side, uh, it was a historic, historic Test match. Mm. It's the first time England have ever, ever in their Test history had three players under the age of twenty-two. Well, that's, that's interesting. That's yeah. a good thing. I felt a bit for Crawley in early on when he went for that run out and he went for four overthrows. <laughs> yeah, great. What a great start. Yeah, I don't know if you can start your test batting career <laughs> averaging a minus number from the runs you can see. And leaving out Bearstow does look a bit of a mistake I, you know, in hindsight. I, I disagree with that. Uh, I think not taking Folks was. I mean, I'd, I'd have had Folks as the wicketkeeper. I'd have stuck with him at the start, mm. of, the start of this year. I think Bearstow's. Um, you know he's a he's a decent wicketkeeper, but his batting returns have been really be- so far below what you think he should be doing mm. based on what he has done in the past in tests. He's still not scored a test hundred after keeping wicket. All his hundreds when he's been wicketkeeper have been batting first first innings. I I don't think they've been getting the best out of Bairstow. I'd have him as a um, when he comes when he comes back into the side, which I think is inevitable. Whether you know, when whether it's in South Africa or afterwards, I would have him as a batsman and just say that, you know, that that's it. And I think folks is the type of batsman that they need in that middle order, a kind of a ballast, mm. a technician. But he didn't have a great season with Surrey after a very promising start last winter for England. The uh, the cricketer feel uh, something for today, Joe Burns of Australia. Who uh, who lasted 15 minutes in the game against uh, Pakistan, <laughs> um, faced nine balls and was out for four. And then watched uh, Manus Labuschagne and David Warner put on 166 and 126. <laughs> yeah. so, when you get out that cheaply, so it's doing. It's probably past Labuschagne. He said, "Yeah, yeah Manus is doing a bit." Yeah. <laughs> Five hours. Well, later. it might be that you know it was those those nine balls he faced was when the ball was doing all kinds of stuff and he saw it off. Got it, can, Mike, it can't be great that as a batsman. Mm. As you get back in the pavilion, you think, and then then the other two just it's buffet time. Yes. You know? Yeah, I mean, any level of I remember that from village matches. Yeah, yeah that 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 duck looks worse and worse. As the afternoon goes <laughs> Australia, three hundred and two for one. They do, are against do Pakistan. Look formidable, yeah. don't they? They yeah. they do. I and mean, Warner's fascinating, isn't he? I mean, he basically seems undismissible on Australian pitches and looked like he you know, barely knew which end of the bat to hold when he was no, no. playing here. Labuschagne was good though. He was yeah, good last well, he, summer. Yes, he was. See, but there was a, a from the bowling point of view. I remember there was a test in the. Uh, late 90s when, when Sri Lanka set the record score 952 for 6 India had a spinner on debut I think it was called Kulkarni he took a wicket with his first ball in test cricket and ended up with I think 1 for 280 I've got this I've got this I've sorted this out Yeah. now you are um, you've got uh, gigs coming up um, and you've got your annual satirical Roundup 2019, the certifiable history. I mean, it's not been much to go at this year, is <laughs> no, it? Slightly too much, and it's just you know, the, the similar stories to, to last year. So, I'll, I'll try and find new new angles on taking it. And then also, I will factor in the, the Cricket World Cup, which was oh, know, really 
what are the you know the highlights of my profession professional career if professional's the right word in the <laughs> in the TMS box box for that so I'll try and sort of fat you know w- w- um, uh, wangle that in with yeah kind of global stories that and, was uh, a great man yeah. we shouldn't forget that yes it gave us so much pleasure and it's yes. fantastic wasn't it? uh, although I think there might have been some Faustian pact with the devil involved though given what's you know, how the team's done I mean New Zealand have. I don't know if you can get vengeance. For, I don't think new, vengeance seems to play in the New Zealand psyche. But um, Ian yeah, Smith, but, the commentator, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, I, think, no- I think. Um, I mean, I don't know about any, I've still got that final. Uh, the highlights on my sort of Sky planner, and I'm definitely yeah. going to watch it at Christmas. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's probably what you want to do. Actually, I mean, if you can get the footage of the whole game, set, set, you know, have your Christmas breakfast, then sit the family down at. <laughs> Yeah, it was a terrible match until the pitch wasn't great. It was only really yes, it was taut, it was taut and tense, wasn't yeah, it? And it was yeah, was a fabulous game of cricket. No. I've never been end. to New Zealand, but, but it's supposed to be a fantastic country, and it's certainly on the old bucket list. But I, people often say, maybe rather cruelly, because I say I've never been there, that uh, it's a bit like walking onto the set of Heartbeat at times. <laughs> and <laughs> and we, we have noticed, yeah. we have noticed that. Uh, the typeface that they often use for uh, for oh, the yeah. teams of the day a little bit shonky right it's a little bit <laughs> a little bit a little bit about 1977 right I mean there is something incredibly powerful as a sports obsessive and I'm sure you guys find this when you see old footage the fonts that they use yeah. for mm. scorecards on you know whether it was match of the day or, or the test cricket there's something that those old italics that yeah, were yeah. handwritten. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, it's just, it, we all love it. I mean, Jose Font, he must love it. <laughs> the, but there, there are people, you're, you're right, you see an old typeface. And yeah. sometimes when you used to have the line-up of the football teams, mm. it would be moving about. Yes, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Sort of yeah. Sort of kind of white, yeah. slightly blocky right. Don't forget yeah. Steve Bold, he'll be keen on it. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> That's right, yeah. So, uh, obviously, there's certain... Ariel Ortega, yeah. You'll be covering... We'll take all your font-based players. Yeah. Who else? would love the looking at old typefaces from the world of sport if you can uh, if you want to come up with uh, yeah. a, a few more suggestions yeah. this afternoon there been can. a German player called Hattenschweiler it's <laughs> <laughs> got to have been Times New Roman and Bramford there must have been so is, 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 this, a, is this a solo gig uh, uh, well uh, Alice Fraser who's a regular co-host on the, the Bugle podcast she's uh, she's doing some sort of sketches in it uh, with me so um, right. uh, yeah but it's, it's a stand up show with Sketchy bits in it. It runs... ske- sketchy as in well, I mean, <laughs> hopefully not <laughs> sketchy <laughs> bits. Well, sketchy bits. How are your acting skills? Are they... My acting skills are uh, sub minimal. I would say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can do a bad South African accent and a bad Russian accent, and absolutely no characterisation. So. Well, this is probably why then you've chosen to do these shows at the Soho Theatre in London between the sixteenth of December. And the 4th of January, taking you out of the pantomime market. That's <laughs> yeah, very true. I'd love to see you in panto, you and Biggins. <laughs> right. That would be fantastic. I could just about you'd be, be... What would, you'd be a, a buttons. You'd be a very good button. I think I'd be the back half of the horse, probably. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever been offered panto, Andy? Well, uh, to be honest, no. I have, I, I have not. Would you, would you... Can you want to issue a come and get me plea now to, <laughs> to writers of... Would you Would you consider it maybe next well, year? This year's gone, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm still coming to in terms of that, uh, Paul, my panto dreams are over for another year. But you know, it's never, it's never too late, is it? It's never too late. It I mean, be I'll fun. be competitively priced. I think. 
Uh, yeah, that's good. This well, Jimmy Upper Case, he always watches it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do Ariel Ortega? I, I think did, Philip yeah. went for that, and yeah. Tim Powell went with Jimmy Upper Case. <laughs> brilliant. Comes up with it. I'm impressed he was doing it while I said it. <clears throat> yeah. The, this run that you're doing, 16th of December to 4th of January, I'm off for, for a week during this period. I'd like to come along. What days are you not doing? Presumably the uh, 25th. Yes. Uh, so there's 12 shows in total <clears throat> from right. memory, and I probably should know this. Okay. It's the 16th to the 21st. Then I think the 27th, 28th and 30th and the 2nd to the 4th of January. OK. And I suppose, you know, with so much going on at the moment and so much likely to go on in this period, uh, yes. you're going to be kind of writing stuff. Uh, it's going to yes. be a different, not quite a different show every night, but there'll mm. be new material well, every four night. four days before. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, the election is on the 12th and the first show is on the 16th. So um, I think I'll probably just, you know, have different versions of the show that I've written and just shred them. I'll have live shredding on stage. <laughs> oh, that's I good. I can guarantee yeah. that. I don't we all love that. Comedy show's done that. We'll <laughs> have a bit stuff. of live shredding. So, go and see Andy Zortzman at the Soho Theatre in London, 16th of December, 4th of January, 7.30. His annual satirical roundup, 2019, the certifiable history. Andy, always good to see you. Thank you for popping Thanks in. Me. Have a great Christmas and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. If we do get any inquiries, panto-wise, we <laughs> will forward them, we'll forward them to your agent. Yeah, they need cricket stats and a panto I'm the man <laughs> a little cricket themed panto if you want to come up with a cricket themed panto oh, yeah, is, there, is there one I mean I'm trying to think is there a John Snow White jo- that'll do <laughs> perfect we're off John Snow White the cricket themed panto rubbish you can stay there the, kid, the, kid, the kids the kids would love it he never it. laughs I'm never tell if I'm saying anything funny no it's good that's funny that's, 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 top of your head top of your head anyway let's have a few more the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast 
from TalkSport. Joining us in the studio now, father and son duo, uh, actor Larry Lamb and uh, his son George, TV presenter, radio presenter. Good afternoon, guys. Good to good see afternoon. you. How are we doing, sir? Good to see you. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, good. We did much swankier uh, offices <laughs> in last the old studio. place. Very nice. Yes, they, they're, they're yeah. nice, especially on a day like this. Yeah. 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 What a view. Uh, huh? it's, it's pretty impressive, isn't Life it? Life yeah. in the fast lane. I yeah. saw you, uh, George, <laughs> adjusting the uh, mic's arm there. Is, is, is this, do you get this approval of this? Is this yes, nice new new kit. I like it. Yeah, okay, that's good. right. Yeah, we'll, we'll wear it out soon. Now, um, mm. Larry, we've got Gavin and Stacey back at Christmas. Haven't we do. Is it, it's, the it's nation all... is waiting. Yeah. I tell you, you, talk about your football being anticipated. Yeah, it's nothing it, like this. Well, it's it, like, was, it, it was a brilliant series. All age groups. It's quite extraordinary. Yeah, and of course, coming up behind, like my, I've got a sixteen-year-old daughter. I didn't realise that they've all just they've all just consumed every single episode of it. So there's a whole new fan base that have never actually sat in front of the telly with the family and watched it as it comes out for the first time. It's quite quite amazing. Yeah. Was it was it uh, coming back together? It all fit perfectly. Uh, yeah. As the cast came back together because it's just so cleverly written. Hmm. It's not as kind of turned into some big spectacular or anything. It's yeah. just as if you've been out. You've decided to drop in on some people you knew ten years ago. Yeah, they open the door and you walk in, and they you just pick mm. up on it. It's just all gone on, you know. It's wonderful. Were you surprised when you got the call? Did you ever think it was going to come back? <coughs> I got so fed up with answering that question. I was at the point where I was going to have a, every time I went out, I got a roll-on tattoo that went across my forehead saying, "Sorry, I don't know. I'm not the person to ask." Right? And I just gave up on that. All of a sudden, I thought, "Right, it's going to happen. Yeah. We're going to do it." And then I read the script and realised that, you know, they just kind of, they more than carried on with the magic, they just pulled one out of the bag completely. It's fantastic. Do it's you think the off best. the back of that, you think it will be a one-off or do you think they're tempted to maybe do some more picking up or do you, do you think this is probably going to be it? Clearly it depends on the way it's received. Yeah. But by the way you sense it's going to be oh, received, yeah. it looks like mm. it's a shoe in anyway. But the, I think I can safely say there's more of a chance something else might come from it than than there was before you know it's like it it it, Gavin it could and happen Stacey, the movie yeah well, yeah, well <laughs> why not do become movies don't they why not go. i remember you your series george i don't think it was a series of them but britain's best butcher you did, you did oh yeah that, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah i like quite like that it's so fun <laughs> yeah that was a britain's best series britain's best, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a, a celebration of the yeah. trades yeah and it was it was actually like yeah. the sentiment behind it was wonderful yeah. you know we were trying to it was a point where all the big celebrity programs had come out so you, it was all about you know are you going to be a big star are you going to be the next voice all the rest of it and this was actually no let's just celebrate normal working people and and, and mm. tradesmen and craftsmen and and, and women and and uh, and it was yeah, it was cool. The only problem was they kind of tried to shoot it like it was the X Factor. Yeah, and it was it like in a big aircraft <laughs> hangar, wasn't so it? It was always it was a little bit <laughs> underwhelming, you know. <laughs> Let's they, reveal how's the U bend. Yeah, you know what I mean, I was I was working on I was writing on uh, TV Burp at the time, and we we did like your catchphrase: uh, "Butchers, stop making sausages." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was sausage, sausage o'clock, sausage o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. We did. Harry does like the sausage, so he was quite a bit to embrace that. I see um, you're involved. I was looking at some social media stuff do you boxing a sort of boxing thing you're involved with we've got with a boxing academy up. so I run a whole project up at a school in North London 
Brilliant. Uh, called the Totridge Academy, and our projects will grow. So we teach kids how to look after themselves, how to look after the planet. Uh, we teach them everything from yoga, mindfulness, meditation, through to food growing, animal welfare, all that kind of stuff. And, and part of it is we have a basketball academy and a boxing academy. Brilliant. And uh, Darren Barker, ex middleweight champion, yeah, yeah, he's, he's friend a, of the show, Darren. Yeah, 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 the, there you go. So he's, he's an ex. Uh, he, it was called Ravenscroft before he went to the school, so he's alumni. And I went down to the O2 one night, and I told him I was working in his in his old school, and would he like to come and do you know, project with me, and he, he said, "Yeah." So we collaborated, and we created a really beautiful boxing academy down there. The kids love it. Wow. What a brilliant thing to do, yeah. I, uh, Larry. I'm, I'm uh, well. I, I wasn't born in Edmonton, but I lived in Edmonton for a long time, which was your old uh, part yeah, of the world yeah, in North yeah. London, not far from Tottenham. Does that mean are you a Tottenham fan on that basis, or I mean, not? You, 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 you automatically were when I was a boy. Yeah, yeah. But back in those days, I remember very well. Um, if I always went with my uncles, my father wasn't into it. My uncles were into the sport. And uh, if Tottenham weren't playing at home, you went up to the Arsenal. Yeah, a lot of people used to do that. that. It's all changed now. It was all about going and seeing some football. It wasn't about going and seeing your your team. You know, it become it became slightly more cultish. You know what I mean? It's more tribal now. It is much more tribal. And I and I I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it as a boy. You know, I've got a really good friend who's involved with Tottenham, so I sometimes go and see a game, and you do feel a kind of. A bit of a, it's funny, um, yeah, you feel tied to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do feel a part of it. Sure. Uh, uh, Georgie, uh, is your team? Fulham. Okay. Fulham. I was was brought up in Fulham, so Fulham's my team. Yeah. And and we, uh, the the truth is, I don't actually follow it all that much now, but I was like pre-Alphayed, I was nuts for it. I used to write a fanzine. Oh, okay. I'd go, you know, home and away every week, did the whole thing, and then, I fell out of love with it for a bit when I realised they didn't really need me. And then when Roy came and we got into Europe, I was like, you know what, we might never get into Europe again. That was, so I went a, that that was a great campaign. run. That. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, a brilliant. Was that falling out of love with the club or, or the game a little bit? Uh, I, you know, I, I'd gone quite deep into it. Yeah. You know, like I, I wasn't doing any schoolwork. I wasn't really doing anything. <laughs> other, which is great, like, except I was paying a fortune to send him to yeah. a really good school. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. yeah, yeah. So, but the fanzine was beautifully written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very arty. It's good. So of, of, um, of all the stuff you've done over the years uh, as, as an actor, I mean, are you finding Gavin and Stacey is, is the kind of most loved? Is that the one yeah. that people first say when yeah. they... Yeah, so yeah, East exactly. and With EastEnders, of, yeah. you sort of disappear into the... And there's this immense collage that's gone yeah. on for years. I had people literally say, were you... Were you were you Dirty Den? Okay. <laughs> no, I, I was a bit after Dirty Den. Yeah. It is, it's quite... So Gavin and Stacey, in terms of a public profile, who you're known by, who you're known as, yeah. what you're known for, what goes on, and I suppose primarily because it's such a lovable character, yeah. that is the one, and, the, and and that audience space just grows and grows all the time. It's yeah. quite and it's uplifting, whereas, you know, EastEnders isn't really, you, you can admire Debbie it, Downer. but it's... But it's yeah. Nice. yeah, 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 it's, uh, yeah. They, they, it's funny. Yeah. I went to this, I went to Tottenham with this friend of mine who's involved in running the club, and we came out, and we were in the sort of four round place where they all put their cars and and somebody said to me Do you see who that is and I looked up there's an old guy there signing an autograph and he was very, he had a very sharp blazer on and a tie club tie and all the rest of it and he signed the autograph and he looked at me and he said oh Larry Lamb he said yeah he said you were good in, in, in Cagney and Lacey <laughs> <laughs> I said you're Cliff Jones aren't you yeah, yeah, yeah. he said oh, I am so a bit senile I think he said, but, I said god I was a huge fan of you oh, it was yeah. the last time last time I was at this ground you were playing. 
<laughs> very regular, are you? <laughs> he could still play Cliff. I mean, you could we bring him on Cliff. for yeah, you could bring him on for ten player. minutes, and you, you wouldn't guy. notice he was sort of nearly eighty or whatever. He's amazing. amazing for his age. He's a great Nick. Yeah. So lovely uh, man. Fantastic lovely man. So when is it? Is it Christmas Day? Isn't Christmas it? Christmas Day, eight thirty in the evening. Yeah, wow. that's it. Brilliant. The nation waits. Yeah, you watch yes. it at that time. Will you sit down and watch it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I will do. I mean, yeah, I've free. seen it already, but yeah. I just want to watch my kids. That's always the thing. It's watching how everybody responds to it. That's yeah. my buzz. Mm. When when the BBC launched it, they did it in a, in a cinema in a hotel in London. There's about 150 of the of the of the TV press there. You know, the toughest audience to play mm. at a preview. And they were in hysterics. Brilliant. Oh, it was good. like a fan gathering. It was, it was just amazing. And to sit there listening to that going on, yeah. that's it. That's the buzz for me because then you know you've done the job, right? Fantastic. Brilliant. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. And he's in the toilet, in case you're wondering. Mark, toilet, you said right. my, 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 he's, a, he's king of timing, isn't he? Fantastic. Yeah, thanks for popping in. <laughs> you hope you wash your hands. I bet you didn't, did you? You've rushed out. You've done a Gary player. I have. Nature calls. Yeah. Um, nature calls. Um, <laughs> spent five minutes working the room like manager slash host, and then then you need 50% of that sentence. So, Martin, lovely to see you as always. Lovely to be here. What a week of sport on TV it's been. Well, it has. Before before mm. I get into the, mm. uh, yeah. you know, the nub of what I've watched, mm. uh, just a word about Clive James, oh, who yeah. really invented the whole idea of uh, writing about sports presenters mm. in a humorous way. And I, I remember sort of reading a whole lot of it, because, of course, he, for the younger listeners, he wrote the TV review in The Observer from through the 70s and yeah. into the early 80s and was the first guy, really, to notice the little, the little uh, ticks that people like David Coleman and Frank Boff had. And I've got a bit that I quoted in, the, in, in my book because I, I, I read through yeah. a load of his old um, TV reviews to see what he'd said about people like Frank Boff and Dickie Davis and these guys from the, uh, from the old days. He was always going about Frank Boff uh, putting a stress on the prepositions and uh, he says... Uh, just, and he said, his random use of emphasis will suddenly jerk you awake while you're, while you're nodding off through the Frank Boff but then I, I liked what he said about Dickie Davis. Um, he says, understandably keen about the World Cup. He was talking about ITV's coverage of the uh, World Cup 1980. Yeah, 1980. Yeah. yeah. So he's talking about that. He says, Dickie Davis folds his hands, leans forward and smiles at you from under his moustache. Equally keen about the World Target Clown Diving Championships, he folds his hands, leans forward, and smiles at you from under his moustache. <laughs> and it was, you know, just summed up um, Dickie Davis, who was um, keen about everything. He was equally keen. It didn't yeah. matter whether it was the World Clown Target Diving Championships or the World Cup. They were the huge <laughs> events on World of Sport. But even Clive yeah. James on TV, you know, was a forerunner of... TV burp, really. Mm, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, so many I watched shows. one yeah. this week. It was I very mean, he, funny. He was a proper pioneer, wasn't he? A brilliant, yeah. brilliant writer and a kind of poet and songwriter. Oh, he did all well. that stuff well, as well. Pal of mine, Pete Atkin, for a Yes, long he time. did. Yeah, he yeah, did. Yeah. Um, his poetry, not always all that brilliant, yeah. I don't think, but not that I'm a poetry critic. No. Really. <laughs> one exactly Wordsworth, though, let's be honest. <laughs> um, but his writing in The Observer, I thought, was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and w- without him, of course, none of us would have would have done it, really, myself and Giles Smith and 
And Ali Ross has said today, you know, he just he said, he said, you know, he, he wouldn't have done that job without without Clive James. So yeah, very true. Started that idea. Now, what have I watched? You're probably <laughs> you're probably thinking, yeah, uh, Muhammad mm. and Larry. I don't know if you've seen that documentary. Oh, it's it's a th- great. It's a thirty for yeah, thirty. It's a brilliant, it's a brilliant thirty for thirty. It was shown on uh, BT Sport Two this week, so it'll still be around if anybody wants to watch it because it's fantastic. Okay. Uh, I mean, what's fantastic? It's got an element of Greek tragedy to it in that Muhammad Ali knew that he, I mean you could see there's lots of scenes of him training at Deer Park uh, Pennsylvania and sparring yeah. and all that and you can see and he can see and he, and he mentions it in the documentary uh, he can see that he's not fit to fight Larry Holmes no. who obviously was a much better boxer than he's ever given credit for and that's a, one of the things in the uh, in the documentary they say why isn't Larry Holmes more famous than he is. Uh, and they, uh, it's the Males, or at least one of the Males brothers, the other one had died by the time they made it. But you know, David and Albert Males wrote a load of fantastic, or did a load of really good documentaries. Mm. They did Gimme Shelter, the Rolling Stones oh, yeah, yeah. documentary. Mm, so they're brilliant documentary makers. Uh, and this was um, Albert Males with uh, a guy called Bradley Kaplan, who I presume came into the project uh, later after the other Males brother had, uh, had died. Um, and there's some great in- interviews. I mean, the uh, the fight doctor, a guy called Dr. Ferdia Pacquiao, mm, says... Yeah. Uh, Pacheco, I think, isn't he? Yeah, Pacheco. Pacheco, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, Pacheco. Yeah. Said, this fight was an abomination. Uh, all the people involved in this fight should have been arrested. Mm. And when you look at it, you know, the footage is... It's visible, I felt for Holmes it? when you watch it. You feel yeah. for him because he loved Ali and he yeah, didn't yeah. want to do what he yeah. had to do. It was difficult for him. Because he did spar with Ali you know, mm. a couple of years earlier and said that when uh, Ali punched him and he got a shiner, they said, oh, we'll put some ice on that. And he said, no, 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 leave it there. He wanted it as a badge of honour. You know, He wanted to keep the shiner yeah. because mm. he got it from Ali while, uh, while sparring. The, so the last interview that Michael Parkinson did with him, Parky came in the studio and he, he's written a book about it and, and talked about it. We played a bit of that interview but you can tell in the last interview you can hear his speech is slurring he's not well he's, he's got the early what year was signs. that then? I can't remember was that, that was before 1980 was it or after 1980 I mean he was still active certainly before the Holmes fight before uh, the Holmes yeah, yeah but he's, you can tell and he's, yeah. and he's saying to Parkinson no I'm fine but you can tell he yeah. isn't really well you could see in the documentary that he wasn't and I, I presume it's around about the same time yeah. that, uh, that it was about 1979 when they show you all the footage of him in Deer Park uh, Pennsylvania and uh, he's saying, you know, he kept getting hit in sparring all the time. Mm. And um, he said, I'm getting used to the blows, was was what Ali said. Well, and as yeah. his doctor said, you know, uh, you know, there's no point in covering up your kidneys. It's a very delicate organ. You know, it's no good getting used to blows there. No. Uh, and it was, it was absolutely tragic. And I would, anybody who, um, you know, who's the slightest interest in boxing, or they would put you off boxing for life, actually, some of it. Um, thankfully, one hopes that that sort of stuff doesn't go on these days. No. But um, it's really well worth watching. I say it was on BT Sport. Yeah, look, uh, that's still available, Martin, that, is it still That'll there? still be there. We'll, still look, there. we'll look it Sport up. Too. Well worth looking up. Uh, the other programme I watched was uh, No Hunger in Paradise, which I suspect yeah. you've spoken about here, Michael. Uh, from Cal- Michael Calvin's book, yeah. yeah, fine documentary. And presumably he's been in here, has he? He has, when the book came it. out, and we yeah. talked about the documentary. It's very good, though. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. And I, I mean, you know how I love um, sort of documentaries presented by journalists, or documentaries that are journalism-heavy yeah. rather than um, sports people-heavy, I suppose, mm. or yeah. you know, rather than just talking heads and things. Um, very good. I'd be interested to know how 
Um, some of the people that were... There's a lot of stuff with Stedman Scott, who um, you may have interviewed as well, from the uh, Afiwi Academy, am I pronounced mm. that? The Afiwi Academy in so, Brixton, yeah. where he, brings, you know, he trains a lot of um, young kids. So yeah, we should, I mean, the, the No Hunger in Paradise is about, it's about kind of youth football, isn't it? Really? Yes, it and, is. And the way that kind of kids are treated within the system uh, through the, from the kind of amateur football through the professional game. Absolutely. And uh, as he says, what, or in the book and uh, in the documentary... Uh, 180 approximately of 1.5 million mm. um, players, you know, who sign up for academies and things, will end up uh, as Premier League players. So it's a pretty low percentage. Yeah, very low percentage. Have you uh, mm. uh, have you made? Have you last week when you were with us, you you turned on Bradley Walsh's new game yes. show, Martin. You and you've had another week to watch it unfold, or haven't you? I don't. <laughs> well, know. I, now the thing is, I got a lot of tweets at the time from people saying, "Oh, it's too easy to understand," but people will always say that. Yeah, I'm not saying you can't if you really put the effort in. Is it worth putting the time in? It's not only connect, is it? It's not only connect, it's great. It I is good. No, it's good, but it, that is... I mean, you get one right, and I, I think I was nearly in tears once when I got That's one great, right. isn't it? It's yeah, brilliant. It's, it's just, it's, yeah. You, feel, you feel special. Yeah, well, my, myself and uh, Mrs Kellner, we always sit down at 8 o'clock on a Monday evening to watch uh, Only Connect, followed by University Challenge. Wow, what about so, that? Yeah, so that's really... I mean, University Challenge, we normally just support one of the teams, you yeah. know, rather oh, than... Don't you have I, I, I was watching oh, yeah, Aston Villa Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my life. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I, I like the, when they have uh, a classical music question, and I'll pick a composer yeah. to support. So the first one comes. Who's this? Shostakovich. Yeah. Wrong. So I'll say the second one comes up. Shostakovich. Yeah. And it, you know, you think if there's like four or five of them, yeah. there's a fair chance. Mm. I do and that as course, well. Yeah. yeah, yeah punch just, the air. Yeah. Just, if you keep say, if you say Shostakovich enough times, in yeah. the end you'll get it yeah. right. Give that the answer to every. Yeah. Uh, yeah you probably Sometimes I just answer. sit there. It's random. You know, because there's questions. Name the Red Star. Belgrade midfielder Shostakovich. Yeah, he's done it. Yeah. But sometimes I just sit there saying pork, Montreal, the, the coefficient <laughs> of linear expansion, you know, wheel and shunters social club, just anything because yeah. you know, eventually yeah. one of them will, t- will turn out to be a right answer. I like it when it's a team um, of kind of mature students. So you got you got a bunch of sort of nineteen year olds doing their best, and then you have got like, sort of forty year olds, mature yeah. students. You know, the kind of mid sort of mid career types or whatever who are there. They are they they, they normally hoover it up. They normally do quite well I think yeah they can do that but um, no I, I like sometimes very young people do mm. really well you know because he now gives the average age yeah um, and I think well should have somebody like me or Andy sitting in there just to bring the average age up yeah. you know he says <laughs> 20 <laughs> average age 47 yeah and the others are all 19 I think it'd be quite interesting so what will you be discussing to, uh, overnight uh, for the, the people in the far east well, for the people in the Far East, uh, we may very well be discussing with uh, your friend Ali Ross. Has he been in here today? He's not Ali, been today, no. no, no. Well, Ali's going to join me, and uh, we're going to talk about the Christmas TV schedule. Oh, OK. And just a bit Christmas TV, and is it as um, is it as vital as it used to be? I mean, it used to be the big thing, didn't it, Christmas sure. TV? yeah, yeah. Given the, the you know, nowadays, a lot of us don't watch council TV much apart from when he connects. No, no, we had Larry Lamb in the, earlier yeah. in the show, and of course he's coming back in Gavin and Stacey, and he and says the interest in that is massive. That's going to be no, that's that's that a, Christmas night. That will get a good audience, I think, Christmas night. Yeah, yeah. but it's the same stuff. It's called the midwife again. I yeah, all your fans are called the midwife. But it's, um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've never watched. I mean, not I've never, never watched it. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't like it as much since Miranda Hart left. <laughs> but, <laughs> anyway, you're listening to Talk Sport. <laughs> yes. um, 
<laughs> and there is Boxing Day, of course. Uh, all the fixtures are being shown those yes. couple of days. You'll be able to watch every match if, mm-hmm. if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber. Of yeah, I am an Amazon Prime subscriber. I'm looking forward to watching every Can match. Can I just yeah, say that so. Vanessa Redgrave in Call the Midwest sounds like Sean Dutch to me. Does she really? <laughs> Does she say, and she jumped out of his house? Could be West Ham's next manager, <laughs> yeah. Vanessa Redgrave. Oh, yeah. Well, well she, she could, yeah. I mean, I think there's yeah. some West Ham fans who take her at the moment. <laughs> Vanessa. I think that might, yeah. But when we beat Chelsea tomorrow, He'll be uh, yeah, that will turn yeah, around. It'll be it's a the turning hero. Point. It'll be the be turning point. Huge hero. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. There we are. That was uh, the best of this afternoon's show. And as promised, a couple of extra clips, both from uh, Fisherman's Blues. Mm. And uh, what's the first one, Andy? The first one is uh, Nigel's talking about uh, the fish that he's caught in Spain. Nice. Yeah. I've caught carp in Spain, but wow, eighty pound nine ounce. I didn't see that one coming. It was eighty pounds. Surely you did. <laughs> Big enough, wasn't it? <laughs> Goodness me. Oh, it was obviously, it was under the water, I realised. Yeah. Now, also, um, I, I, I'm quite sure how we get into this one. Do you know, yeah. what, what, should we ask the producer? We'll he ask found the producer. It. his clip. What is it? He's talking about Les Weber's recent fishing trip to France. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. The rest of the group haven't had a take, apart from Les's grandson, Jason, who's had nine fish. Um, eight of them are over 30. How does he know how old they are? That's yeah, a good question. <laughs> a good how did he know how old they were? Maybe they looked like they were in their early 30s. So they got that slightly look, a bit, uh, yeah, yeah. bit, bit around the gills. On the turn. Yeah, that's it. That's what it is. There we are then. A couple of little extra clips for yes. you. A bit of a bonus uh, content. Uh, we return on Monday. We've got Sam Warburton, Brian O'Driscoll joining us next week. A comedian, Alex Adelman, makes a welcome return um, and all sorts. So until then, have a fantastic weekend. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.